Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, September 18th, sorry, in 2023. I'm Micah Chopley. It's September 18th, 2023. I'm a day ahead of myself. Why am I a day ahead of myself? I don't know. Just We're going so quickly. I guess the summer is officially over in a couple of days, right? So we're just heading so quickly into the fall, into the autumn, into the autumnal equinox that uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I hope everyone had a great weekend, wonderful weekend, a fabulous weekend, the final weekend, the final official weekend of summer. It is now over, over. Um, What should we talk about? As we start this week, there's so much, so much happened over the weekend that I don't know where to start. I really don't. We had the uh, Trump interview with Megyn Kelly, right, Uh, where he shocked everyone. He polled everyone. He made everyone vomit by saying he uh, didn't uh, agree with the um, six-week abortion and he left it open to negotiating with with democrats um and uh maybe not being so pro-life as he has proclaimed to be over the last eight years and then he also spoke a little bit about the the transgender issue and didn't know whether a man was actually a man or a woman was actually a woman and didn't know if uh there were just two genders or not not quite sure we'll talk more about that but look the abortion thing (laughs) he's always been pro-choice. He's a liar. Donald Trump says exactly what he has to say to get out of that particular situation alive at that moment. He says what he has to say to fool people into voting for him. He says what he has to say in order to basically get votes from very gullible people who, for some reason, don't know who Donald Trump was before he came down that escalator in Trump Tower in the summer of 2015. I don't know why people just can't go on the Google machine and go back and look at Donald Trump's interviews and what he has said before 2015. The guy's always been pro-choice. He's always been a Democrat. He's a New Yorker. He's from Queens. The guy has lied. He has created a conservative, not even conservative, a Republican persona in order to win, right? He created a Republican persona in order to run against his good friend, Hillary Clinton, okay? His good friend who he agreed on everything politically. The reason why they were such good friends is they agreed on everything politically. She had moved to New York, became a senator there. He's a New Yorker. They're friends. He's friends with the Clintons. He's always been a Democrat. He's always been pro-choice. He's a liar. He's a fake. He's a phony. He's a fraud. So we can talk about Trump reversing. Trump didn't reverse on anything. Trump doesn't know what the fuck he believes in. All right. He believes in what he believes in at that moment to get what he wants. That's it. That's Donald Trump. Okay. So it's not shocking to me that all of a sudden he's the anti-DeSantis because that's what he believes he needs to be to win this time. He needs an enemy. Don't you see? He needs an enemy. So Hillary Clinton was his enemy in 2016, a fake enemy. Once again, Trump creates fake enemies. Remember, he was great friends with the Clintons. He was great friends with Hillary. He needed to create the fake. And look, it's like a movie. It's a reality show with him. You create drama, right? 
So he needs to create this fake enemy called Hillary Clinton and believe the opposite of whatever she believed in. So she's pro-choice. He's got to be pro-life, even though he was pro-life up until 70 years old, right? And now he's creating a fake enemy in Ron DeSantis. He loved Ron DeSantis. He kissed Ron DeSantis's ass for four years. But now he needs the Ron DeSantis enemy. Don't you see? That's what he does. He creates fake enemies. And now he's in a position where he's got to be the opposite of DeSantis. So if DeSantis is pro-life, he's got to be more pro-choice, right? If DeSantis believes in two, two uh, genders, Trump has to maybe believe in six or seven. That's the way it goes. He just says what he needs to say at that moment in the narrative he has created. That's who Donald Trump is. He doesn't really believe in anything. Wait a minute. Scratch that. He believes in one thing, Donald Trump. That's what he believes in, the Donald John Trump brand, the Trump Tower, Trump Corporation brand. That's all he is. But he made a calculation in 2015. Which voters could he fool easier? And he decided on the Republicans. And he was right. He was right. Which uh, political party can I create this brand, this narrative, this cult in? And he made the right choice that it was the Republican Party. It wasn't the Democratic Party. They were not going to choose him over Hillary Clinton. It wasn't going to happen, right? So he knew, politically, he knew he had to run as a Republican. In order to run as a Republican, you have to be pro-life, right? You have to believe in two genders. All those things you need to do to run against Hillary Clinton, that's what he did. That's what he was. Now, all the things he needs to be to defeat Ron DeSantis, to be anti the anti-DeSantis, it's uh, the opposite of what he had to do in 2015, right? He had to be the opposite of a liberal. Now he's got to be the opposite of a conservative. He only believes what he believes in to win. At that moment, that's it. That's all he is. He is a fake. He is a phony. He is a fraud. He needs to go away forever. He needs to go away forever. And that's how he developed his cult in 2015, right? The anti Hillary cult, right? It was easy to do that because there were so many people on the right who rightfully hated Hillary Clinton. So this was an easy narrative to build. It was an easy character to build. This uh, this this new Trump, this this Republican Trump. And uh, that's what he did. So now he's doing the opposite of that, right? He had to run to the right of Hillary, and now he believes he has to run to the left. But once again, this is who Donald Trump is. Now we're seeing the real Donald Trump. Donald Trump has always been a Democrat. And he's always been pro-choice. Always. He just fooled people into believing the opposite eight years ago. And those people are in his cult, and now they'll believe anything he says. So if he says, I'm pro-choice, all right. You're, you're, you're the best. If he says I'm pro-life, then, oh, we love you. You're the best. If he believes in two genders, yeah, we believe in two genders. If he believes in seven genders, oh, you know what? Maybe there are seven genders. This is a cult. That's what a cult does. Whatever the leader says, they second, right? That's what happens. There's one way this cult goes away. One way. One way. He loses and they drink the Kool-Aid. He loses and they just they can't deal with life anymore. That's the way they go away. I'm sorry. It seems harsh, but that's the only way they're going to go away at this point. That's it. 
And whether drinking the Kool-Aid means they do themselves in or they drop out of politics or they drop out of life or they don't vote anymore, I truly don't give a fuck. I don't care. I just want them gone. I want the cult destroyed and dismantled and discarded forever. So that's who Donald Trump is and has always been. Whatever he needs to be at that moment to survive. All you need to do is go on Google. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be a New Yorker like myself. You don't have to have lived with him for decades and know who he is. Just go on the Google machine and Google and Google and Google and figure out who he really is, which is basically, like I said, whatever he has to be at that particular moment to get what he wants for himself. Doesn't care about you, doesn't care about America, doesn't care about the American flag, doesn't care about the Republican Party, doesn't care about the military, doesn't care about soldiers, doesn't care about anybody. Cares about himself. Himself. That's all he is. Now, I think Ron DeSantis knows this. In fact, I'm, I'm positive. I'm positive that he knows this. He knows this. Um, and now he's getting harder on Trump. Now he's going after him more. He's pointing out his hypocrisies and how ridiculous he is and how he's lies and how he's no consistency in anything he says. All of it. All of it. Remember, <laughs> in 2015, Donald Trump believed in two genders and was pro-life. Now, this movement on both subjects, right? Now, maybe not so pro-life. Now, maybe more fluid on genders because it's the opposite of what Ron DeSantis believes. It's, it's, it's so in, in, incredibly obvious what he does, what he's doing, what he's done his entire life. How do you vote for someone who doesn't believe in anything? How do you vote for someone who only is in it for himself, only believes in himself? does it all for himself. What's really shocking is you have people in the Republican Party who know this. There are people who are smart in the Republican Party who know this, that this guy's a fake, okay? But the last thing that any real conservative Republican should be talking about in 2023 is how there are more than two genders, right? How you're pro-choice. That's not what Republicans believe in. That's not what true conservatives believe in. But Donald Trump's not a true conservative. So when you're not, unlike Ron DeSantis, when you are not a real person, when you have no foundation, it's easy to do this, right? It's very easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pro-life now. Now I'm pro-choice. So I believe in two genders now. Now I believe in gender fluidity because the, even Trump doesn't know who he is. When you lie so much, you don't know who you are anymore. Where do they say that all you have to do is if you tell the truth, you don't have to think up a lie, right? You don't have to make up a lie if you tell the truth. And that's it. That's true. Just tell the truth. Be who you are all the time, and then you'll be consistent. You won't be caught in a lie because you're telling the truth because you know who you are. You know what you stand for. So where the political wins are pro-choice, if you're pro-life, you're always going to be pro-life, right? 
no matter if the political winds are that people are more pro-life at a certain point or, or more pro-choice at a certain point. You know, that's okay. if you're anti-big pharma, you're going to be anti-big pharma, whether there's a, a pandemic, an epidemic or not, right? It's not going to change. It's not going to change. You who are who you are, you don't have to lie. You don't have to lie. And sometimes public sentiment will be with you and sometimes it won't. But you'll always be your own person. Donald Trump doesn't even know who he is. And when you've lied so much, and this goes for Joe Biden too, when if you've lied for 80, well, but you know, I'm not saying he was lying when he was an infant. If you lie for 65, 70 years of your life, you don't know who you are anymore. You don't know what's right and what's wrong. You don't know what you stand for anymore. All you know is that you got to say what you need to say to win at that particular moment or believe if that's what it takes to win at that particular moment. But what's depressing is that there are so many people who can't see this. It is so clear what Donald Trump is. It is so clear. The stark differences between a phony like Trump and a real person like DeSantis are so stark, so clear, I think clearer than ever in any election in my lifetime, and that so many people don't seem to be able to see that. I don't even think I'm happy with the majority of the people seeing it. Everyone should be able to see it. Everyone. It's depressing we live in a country where so many people can be fooled by a charlatan like Donald John Trump. He is a charlatan. There's no there there. There's no human being there. He is simply a fake person. He's not a real human. He's not. And that people are shocked. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, Trump is, oh, my God. I thought he was pro-life. Now he's pro-choice. And No, 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 no. That's not the way this works. He's whatever he has to be. That's it. So there's no consistency. So, yeah, people are upset. Trump is being blasted online by a lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives, um, because of what he said about abortion. Uh, once again, he would be for a six-week abortion ban if Ron DeSantis was not in this race or if Ron DeSantis was against that. He'd be for it. Trust me. He would be saying there were only two genders if Ron DeSantis were not in this race or if Ron DeSantis believed there was in gender fluidity. That's Donald Trump. I got to be the opposite of Hillary to win now, and I got to be the opposite of DeSantis to win now. I have to have Hillary as an enemy. I can't say she does anything well that I agree with anything, and I got to have Ron DeSantis as an enemy now. I can't say he does anything well. I got to say Cuomo was a better governor now. And you know what? I sound like an asshole to most normal people, but my cult, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Trump had said that he would work with Democrats to pass abortion legislation before taking aim at his presidential rival. Oh, what a shock. What a shock. Uh, I think they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me, Trump said. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy because 90 percent of Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time, the former president said. Trump was pressed on what a if we'd sign a 15-week ban. Well, people start to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Once again, what are people talking about? What is the majority saying, right? How can I be 
anti-DeSantis and still try to pretend to be kind of pro-life. But I want everyone to like me. So what am I doing? He's admitting it. He's saying, I'll say what I need to say to get people to like me. I.e. to get out of the room alive at that moment, to get what I need and what I want and what I desire at that moment. Huh, that's odd. I remember being in the crowd when Trump spoke at the March for Life, pro-life party, activist Nick Sandman tweeted. I commend the president for that speech. He said, we cannot allow what our citizens yet unborn will achieve, the dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, pathetic and unacceptable. Trump is actively attacking the very pro-life laws that made possible by Rose overturning, pro-life activist Lisa Rose wrote. Heartbeat laws have saved thousands of babies, but Trump wants to compromise on babies' lives. So pro-abortion Democrats like him, she said. Trump should not be the GOP nominee. This is a smart person. She's obviously not in a cult, you see. She's not in a cult because she can take the facts. She has common sense. She thinks clearly. So does Nick Sandman. Uh, and there you go, right? Trump should fire whatever idiot advisor told him to go squishy on abortion, Liz Wheeler said. No, Liz, no advisor told him to go squishy on abortion. He is simply creating Ron DeSantis, the enemy, and he's got to be the anti-DeSantis. That why DeSantis is for the heartbeat bill and Trump is against the heartbeat bill. You Let's put it this way. You can't be pro-life and be against the heartbeat bill because that's if the heartbeat means life. Does this fat fuck understand that? That heartbeat equals life, no heartbeat equals death. Can he understand that science, right? So if you're totally pro-life, you have to be for the heartbeat bill. So when there's a heartbeat and you can detect a heartbeat, that means there's life. And if you're pro-life, you don't destroy that, right? Right? Right. SBA Pro-Life America President Marchi Danifizer responded to Trump's comments by saying, we thank Governor DeSantis for following the science and the law of the people by signing the Heartbeat Protection Act into law. There you go. That's science. The heartbeat, there's life. If you're pro-life, you're for the heartbeat bill. If you're against the heartbeat bill, you're not pro-life. You're pro-choice. I'll be nice. I won't say pro-death. I'll say pro-choice. But you're not pro-life. But once again... <laughs> he says what he thinks he needs to say. He needs to be the enemy of DeSantis, the anti-DeSantis, just the way he needed to be the enemy of Hillary, two people who he loved before he ran for office, right? Two, he loved Hillary and Bill before he ran against Hillary, and he loved Ron DeSantis until Ron DeSantis decided to run this time, right? So that's Donald Trump is a fake. He's a fucking fake. A real person. A real person wouldn't run against Hillary if you like her and you agree with her politically. You don't. Why would you run against her for? Why would you bother? A real person, if you're going to run for office again and a guy like DeSantis gets in whose ass you kissed and you loved everything he did in Florida, you fucking moved your fat 
blubbery ass from New York to Florida because of Ron DeSantis, you simply say something like this. A real fucking person who's not a fake psycho fuck would say, look, I agree with what he did in Florida. He did a good job in Florida, but this is president, and I was already president, and I already did a good job, and this is running for president, not governor of Florida. Why can't you say that? It takes 10 fucking seconds. 10 seconds. I would still not vote for Trump, but that makes sense. That makes sense. How simple is that? He did a good job in Florida, but I did a good job for president, and this is the job of president, not governor of Florida. Vote for me, not for him. I got the experience. He doesn't. Why can't you be a real person and say that instead of being a fucking fake and having to be the anti-DeSantis just because you think that's what you need to do to fucking win again at 80 years old being an old fat cunt? I don't get it. Yes, I get mad because this guy is a fucking idiot. He's an idiot. You don't need advisors to tell you to be a real human being. You don't need advisors to tell you to tell the truth. You don't need advisors to tell you to be consistent. But no, Donald Trump has to create an enemy all the time. The enemy in 2016 was Hillary. The enemy in 2023 is Ron DeSantis. So you got to be the opposite of what Hillary believes. And now you got to be the opposite of what DeSantis believes. Because you don't believe in anything but yourself. Once again, it's easy to be consistent when you're just yourself. When you're a real person like Ron DeSantis. You don't want to try to be 20,000 different things over the course of eight years. Just be yourself forever. Period. So we move from the abortion issue to the issue of uh, can a man become a woman? So Megyn Kelly asked Trump this question. Very simply asked whether he believes it's possible to change one's sex. Trump responded with a long, drawn-out, um, and uncomfortable laugh when she asked, can a man become a woman? In my opinion, he finally said, shaking his head slightly, you have a man, you have a woman. Uh, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? Well, no. But he seemed to leave the door open to that criterion. They'll come up with some answer to that also someday, Trump went on. What one day? What? Gender, what biology is going to change when? Tomorrow, 20 years from now, biology will just all of a sudden change. Everything we've known about biology will just change. I just heard the other day they have a way that the man can now give birth. No, I'd say I'll continue my stance on that. His feeble answer drew derision from conservatives. Don't tell a man can become a woman because it's not true, DeSantis said Friday in the speech. Don't tell me a man can get pregnant because it's just not true. There's value in standing up for what's true, the governor said, without saying the name Trump. And what woke agenda is, it represents a war on the truth itself. Longtime Trump antagonist Eric Erickson joined in. When a former president cannot and does not immediately say no, when asked if a man can become a woman, he doesn't need to be president again, the right winger said, the right wing commentator. Trump's halting exchange with Kelly came moments after he railed against puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for minors. 
you know, once again, this whole idea of, and he admits it in his interviews, I want everyone to like me. I want to get Republican and Democrat votes. I want to get everyone to vote. So I'm just going to say whatever I need to say to be liked by everybody. So, yeah, a little bit of pro-choice, a little bit of uh, pro-life. I'm a little bit of uh, eight, eight genders. I'm a little bit of two genders because he's nothing. He's nothing. He stands for nothing. He is nothing. That's what Donald Trump is. He's nothing. He's a creation that he's created himself along with the help of some politicians, the mainstream media, others. He's, this is a creation. This is a creation. This is not a human being. It's a creation. Period. You know, when we talk about liberals and conservatives and what people stand for, what is the Republican Party platform, what's the Democratic Party platform? Well, I used to think that Democrats were anti-war, anti-corporate America, anti-big pharma, right? anti-capitalism uh, above all else. But of course, that's not true anymore. We see many Democrats who love the Ukraine war, want escalation, want war with Putin. They may not say those words, but that's what they want. That's what they want. They want, they'd wanna, they want us to go in and kill Putin if we could, right? Um, and then, of course, so many of them, as we've seen over the last three years, are pro-Big Pharma, right? They love the boosters. They continue to promote the boosters. The Statue of Liberty changes its colors for the boosters, of course, run by shit libs. So what, is, what does the Democratic Party stand for anymore? What do Democrats stand for anymore? Now, there's that question, as I've asked before, as I talk about Trump and DeSantis, we will soon find out what the Republican Party stands for. It's questionable. It's up in the air. But what does the Democratic Party stand for? What are they? What are they made of? What happened? What happens? They don't have the answer. Why are so many liberals now pro-Big Pharma and pro-war? Those were the two big issues that just between 2016 and 2020, before COVID, with the Bernie Sanders campaigns, were the big issues, right? No more war and always critical of Big Pharma. Believe me, I worked on both Sanders campaigns. I went to several of his rallies. I know a lot of progressives. This is what their two main talking points were, right? No more war, end war, and, and, and fuck big pharma. So what happened? What's happened over the last few years? What's happened? With progressives, with the left, all of a sudden now, they love the war machine. They want to continue to feed the war machine with giving more money to the Ukraine, to Ukraine, to Zelensky. All of a sudden, they, and they, they, Walensky and Zelensky, they love both of them, right? Big Pharma, the shots, Big Pharma's profits, how they do on Wall Street, Pfizer, Moderna. Their profits have gone through the roof, not because of uh, conservative backing, but because of liberal backing. 
right? Without the conservatives, there would be no vaccines. And of course, Trump is not a conservative. He's not. He's a Democrat. He's liberal. So this is what confuses me, is that what happened to make Democrats this way? What happened to make them such hypocrites? What happened to make them become what we, many of us, believed the old Republicans used to be, right? Which was the neocons, the pro-war machine, the pro-big pharma, pro-corporate America. Yet now we have Republicans, conservative Republicans, true conservative Republicans like Ron DeSantis saying, don't take the vaccine, suing big pharma. Why isn't Bernie Sanders doing that? Why didn't Joe Biden do that? Why didn't AOC do that? Where are they? Why didn't Nancy Pelosi do that? Why is it that people like Ron DeSantis and many on the right want us to stop giving money to the Ukraine on the, and, and, and focus on here and get things into peace negotiations where Democrats just want this to go on forever? Want to take out Putin? Want to start World War III? By the way, Trump is so out of it, he said Biden wanted to start World War II. And he also said he's running against Obama now. He's beating Obama in the polls. So this idea, by the way, that only Joe Biden is losing it mentally and Donald Trump, oh, he's so, he's like a 20-year-old mentally, is such bullshit. He's now losing it also. You know what? As you get towards 80, you do. <laughs> it's not a shock. People who run for president and are president are like immune to losing it mentally when they hit 80 fucking years old, okay? Big surprise, big surprise. Even though they have the best health care, eh, time, eh, doesn't matter. Great equalizer. The great equalizer, like death. The great equalizer. So Trump is losing it also. He's gone also. But it seems like the left wants to start World War Three, Not two. World War Three. Why? What happened? How did they lose their way? And that's what I, that's what happened. They lost their way. I didn't lose my way because I left them. They lost their way. And it was time for me to leave them because I don't believe in cults above everything else. That's the question. What happened to the left? I don't know. But that's certainly the case now. So when the left tries to pretend they're anti-war, it's bullshit. When the, bu when the left pretends to be uh, on the side of a little guy, we know that's bullshit, right? They're on the side of big pharma. They're on the side of, 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 of Wall Street. They're on the side of hedge fund managers. They're on the side of the big guy, not the little guy. And this is the way things seem to have been going for a while now. And the progressives who once criticized the establishment Democrats of being this way have now become this way themselves. They've joined. It was, I guess if you can't beat them, you join them. And they joined them because they obviously couldn't beat them. And all of this has caused hurt when it comes to the minorities that the Democrats, the left, always say they are on the side of. They're protecting. They're the ones, you should vote for them, not the Republicans, because they're the ones who are going to protect you if you're a minority. They're the ones that are going to lift you up if you're a black, if you're lower income. They're the ones that are going to help you. 
not the Republicans. Of course, that's total bullshit. And over the last four years, we've seen that. We've seen that. Here in San Francisco, it's the worst of the worst. Here's an article written yesterday. San Francisco Bay Area median income dropped from pre-pandemic. The median household income across San Francisco fell 3.3% between 19 and 22, per new Census Bureau data. The latest numbers reflect the pandemic's long-lasting impact on the economy. In 2022, the median income in the San Francisco Bay Area was 128000 compared with 132000 Now, I know people who are listening outside of uh, San Francisco in small towns is dropping right now. You're going, Mike, what are you complaining about? It's 128000 Yeah, but of course, that's the people who were making 132 and now down to 128. And of course, that trickles down, right? So if you're making 60000 you're making less. You're making 50000 which you can really can't live on here, you're making less. And of course, this is not just San Francisco. There are areas around the country. So it's not just the middle class or the upper middle class who have taken the hit. It's the lower income who have taken the hit. Now, the upper class, the middle, the middle upper class, the people making 132, who are now making 128, they can deal with that loss of four grand, right? But if you were making 40,000 and you're making 35,000 now, you can't. It's a much larger chunk of your income, right? So this is what's happened. This is what the liberal Democrats have done to cities like San Francisco and this country. Nationally, median household income fell 2%. The share of San Francisco area residents making between 50 and 75,000 annually, once again, which you can barely live on here, decreased from 11% to 10% while the share making more than 100,000 increased from 56 to 59%. It's easy to get lost in these numbers and say, well, yes, Mike, okay, the wealthy people are making a little bit less. No, not the wealthiest of the wealthy. Not the, and I'll tell you, $100,000 is not a lot of money in San Francisco. It's just not, especially if you have a family, you'll basically scrape by making that before taxes with a family. So they have lost money. People around this country, lower income people have lost money. And they're all suffering in different ways. But there's definitely suffering. And this has all been brought on by the liberal Democrats and their COVID mandates and policies that have destroyed the economy and reverberate, continue to reverberate like that, like that pebble in the water, the pebble thrown in the water with the reverberations that will reverberate for years and years and years, if not decades. They have destroyed the economy. The same people who say they are the party of the economy, the Democrats are better on the economy. Total horseshit. Total horseshit. And it gets worse. It gets worse than that. Let's go from the economy to homelessness. San Francisco homeless camps have reached the highest number in three years, San Francisco's number of homeless encampments is at its highest since when? 2020. More people entered homeless shelters through the city's homeless outreach operations during the first six months of 2023 than during any six-month time frame since 2021, according to the standard. As of July 2023, there were 523 homeless encampment sites. Let me give you that number again. There are 523 
homeless encampment sites, the highest since October of 2020, 530 sites, according to the San Francisco government. Um, let's see here. Hold on. Yeah. San Francisco Mayor London Breed looks on during a press conference. The city issued a state of emergency in December 21. If the skyrocketing crime and drug use in 2020 and 21 and began more stringent enforcement of homeless ordinances. So a record 975 people entered shelters where 49% of people refused services during homeless outreach operations in San Francisco. Of course, Democratic, liberal, Democratic, San Francisco Mayor London Breed did not immediately respond. All content, sorry. So this is the deal now. So, okay, we have economy, we have homelessness, all economy, worse, homelessness, worse, all since 2020. 2020, what happened in 2020? It gets worse. Drug overdose deaths trending in the wrong direction. San Francisco health officials say. San Francisco health officials say the number of people dying from drug overdoses is skyrocketing. On Monday, city officials from the health department said the number of overdoses is trending in the wrong direction with 84 deaths in August. But that number is actually a tie with the month of January, which also saw 84 people die. The city is on pace to have more overdose deaths than any year prior. The health department said if things in San Francisco continue at this rate, the city could see close to 850 deaths by the end of the year. Health officials spoke out on the opioid epidemic on Monday to raise awareness and to urge anyone suffering from addiction to seek help. The city is launching a new dashboard for drug use trends in the city, which will help guide the city's policies. The data show the majority of those overdose deaths came from fentanyl use, but um, exazylene use, also known as trank, is on the rise and could be the next wave. If you're looking for substance abuse, blah, 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 blah. Get the help. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So economy, homelessness, drug addiction, all fueled by the liberal progressive Democrats mandates for the last three plus years. And some of them dare, dare to even hint at bring mandates back, right? Let more people die. Let more people go homeless. Let the economy crash. Let more lower income middle people lose everything. Based on narrative, based on dogma. No science. No science. We're seeing more and more universities and hospitals bring back uh, mask mandates, right? More and more of them. Masks, supposed to stop the spread of COVID, yet at least 97% of this country. So what is that? 310, 315 million people out of 330 million, if not all 330 million, got COVID once, twice, three times, m'lady. How does masks stop something if every fucking person in this country got COVID? Where did it stop? What, what are you telling me, that people would have gotten it 80 times, if not for the masks? 
97 to 100% of the country got COVID wearing masks for two and a half fucking years. That includes Democrat cities like my own, where basically 100% of people were wearing it for two years and everyone got COVID. So tell me, how does it stop the spread of COVID? How, liberal? How? And they've destroyed everything. They've destroyed everything. They've made this place a goddamn shit hole with their useless destructive mandates that they should go to fucking jail for. How many times do I have to say it? They go to jail or we lose. They must go to jail or it happens again. Period. Wasn't it a fun weekend? It was a fun weekend. A lot of of fun stuff happened this weekend. More good news. More really, really good news. Actually, I want to go to some Ron DeSantis clips. Make me feel better. Make me feel better. Let me just cue these up here. Now, this one here, this is a Ron DeSantis clip. Uh... Oh, this is, we didn't talk about this. Well, let DeSantis talk about it. Then we'll talk about it a little bit more. This is DeSantis talking about, we'll get to his comments about Trump. But this is his comments about uh, uh, John Fetterman. So we know that John Fetterman likes to uh, dress down, dress like a, a, a juvenile delinquent, even though he's a U.S. senator. And now uh, Chucky Schumer, under his bifocals, had decided to change the, the, the decorum in the Senate. So you don't have to dress up, but you can dress in shorts. You can dress in a bikini and, uh, and now you can wear a, you know, a bikini and uh speedo. <clears throat> and so this is him talking about the, the Senate changing their dress code to accommodate a retard. I, I'll call him that. DeSantis won't. And it's coming in a second. I know it is. <laughs> if I can cue this up. For some reason, I'm my internet's been... The internet here... I live in Silicon Valley, and the internet sucks. Does that make any sense? You can't even get good internet here anymore. Silicon Valley. All right, let's see if this works now. If not, I'll try... You guys hear oh, the there. U.S. Senate just eliminated its dress code because you got this guy from Pennsylvania who's got a lot of problems. I mean, let's just be honest, like how he got elected. Well, I I mean, he got elected because they didn't want the alternative, but um, he wears like sweatshirts and hoodies and shorts, and that's his thing. So he would campaign in that, which is your prerogative, right? I mean, if that's what you want to do. But to show up in the United States Senate with that and not have the decency to put on proper attire, I think it's disrespectful to the body. And I think the fact that the Senate changed the rules to accommodate that, um, you know, I think looks speaks very poorly uh, to how they consider that. Look, we need this country. We need to be lifting up our standards in this country, not dumbing down our standards in this country. And this is an example why. All right, everybody. God bless. <clears throat> By the way, when he says they didn't want the alternative, that was a nice jab at Trump. They didn't want Trump's pick, Dr. Oz, as they didn't want Trump's pick through 90% of the races in 2020, in 2018, in 2020, and in 2022. Uh, He lost everything, basically. 
all the major ones he lost, including Oz, which would have been a huge one, right? And the Herschel Walker, that would have been right there. That's the Senate, right? So, uh, yeah, but this this is ridiculous. You Look, I'm not a big decorum person. I'm not a big tradition person, but it's the United States Senate. There are only a hundred of you. You can dress up. And you, by the way, you work half the year, right? Basically. So the days you're there, in the Senate chamber, in your office, you can dress up. You don't got to dress like a fucking schmuck, right? You don't got to dress like a schlub, like a schlep, like a schlep. And then to change the rules for this fucking moron, half his brain is deteriorated, shows what the Democrats are all about. It shows what Chucky Schumer is all about. They would not accept it if that were a Democrat, a Republican. No way. No way in hell. That was J.D. Vance. They would not accept it. They wouldn't accept it. But it's one of theirs. It's one of their cult. So sure. No, that can change. If Ron DeSantis wins the presidency, the, the Republicans will win the Senate again. And that will change in 2015. Here's... By the way, Fetterman is so brain dead that, by the way, he's got the, whether it's him or his staff, it doesn't matter. It's his Twitter. So when you have, when it's your Twitter and your name is on it, you're responsible for what goes on there, right? Democrats believe this with Trump, right? His name is there. So if he tweets something, it's uh, his responsibility. So Fetterman's got this thing now. He thinks it's clever that he'll, he, he put out like, I, I dress the way you can. He'll show like a shot of campaign of DeSantis campaigning and he puts on Twitter. Oh, I dress the way you campaign. So is that like some kind is, does he think he's actually zinging DeSantis on that? So he, he's he's saying DeSantis campaigns sloppily. So he's admitting he dresses sloppily. Right. I mean, is that is, <laughs> it's not even a good ratio. You're basically making fun of yourself. But then it got worse. It worse. <laughs> Nate Silver put out. A pretty good tweet, which defended Fetterman, saying, you know, can we basically it said, can we stop talking about like who which congressperson gives who a hand job? We'll talk about that in a second with Bobert and who dresses a certain way. So he was defending. In other words, let's talk about politics. Let's not talk about these stupid things. And and Fetterman is so retarded, he didn't realize that Nate Silva was defending him, saying, I don't care about him. So he writes the same thing he wrote about DeSantis, except he says, I campaign the way you predict. He didn't even realize that Nate Silver was defending him. I mean, what the fuck? This is such a clown car show country we live in. But Fetterman's there because of Trump. Yes, I'm blaming Trump. It is his fault because he backed a lemon in Oz, just like he backed a lemon in all the other states in the country, like Carrie Lake, like Herschel Walker. And that's why Democrats have control of the Senate again. That's why an 80-year-old brain-addled guy who looks nothing like he did 15 years ago is president because of Donald Trump. It's all his fault. This is, uh, by the way, DeSantis, I'm getting these clips. He was at an event earlier today called First Responder Bonuses. This is where he was giving out uh, bonuses, I believe, in Florida to first responders, right? Uh, 
nice thing to do. Wish more people would do that. Um, and this is where he talks about rioting and looting and crime. When there was a rage around the country to try to defund police, we enacted legislation that prohibits local governments from defunding police in the state of Florida. When you saw cities burning down, uh, Minneapolis, these other places with the riots of the summer of 2020, we said it's not happening here. We had guard called out, state law enforcement. We work with our locals, but we also enacted legislation to have stiffer penalties for rioting and looting. You can't have a situation where it's like Portland, where they can just riot, they get arrested, They'll slap them on the wrist, take their mugshot, and they do it again. In Florida, if you riot, if you loot, if you engage in any type of mob violence, you are not getting a slap on the wrist. You're going to jail. And he's right. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. And it's not. We've seen it with these Soros-backed prosecutors. We've seen it. Then we saw, look, we saw it in 2020. In the heart of COVID, where oh, it was fine that they were rioting and looting without masks, right? It was it was fine they were out there in 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 thousands and thousands of people together, right, in groups, not social distancing. That's fine, right? That was fine for them. It was fine for the rioters, but it wasn't fine for people who maybe wanted to go to a restaurant or wanted to send their kids to school or wanted to open up a business, right? We saw this ridiculous, utter hypocrisy from the left during 2020, and DeSantis is right: you commit a crime, you loot, you go to jail. They don't do that here in San Francisco either, which is another problem. Another reason why crime is through the roof, because there's no punishment. I'll say it again, whether it's someone stealing a Snickers from a Walgreens or someone who is enacting mandates that destroy the economy. These are crimes and they must be prosecuted and people must go to jail as a deterrent so they don't do it again. Here's, well, this is a good one. Let me see if I do want to play this. I guess I do. Um, here's, well, here's DeSantis talking about uh, being a little different from Donald Trump in uh, what has to do with the, with the economy and the debt as well. I would say, I mean, I think that if you look at what's happened with D.C. Republicans, uh, they worked uh, very closely. You know, look, Donald Trump, he supported Kevin McCarthy very strongly for speaker. I don't think he would have won the speaker vote. Donald Trump was instrumental in him earning that speaker's gavel. And they worked hand in glove, really, throughout his whole presidency. They were uh, on the same team on every major spending bill that came down the, the pike. And they ended up together adding $7.8 trillion to our national debt. Never in a four-year period has that much been added than what they did together. And so he said that we're different. We are different because in Florida, we run budget surpluses. We've paid down almost 25% of our state's debt just since I've been governor. All the debt, all the way up for all of Florida's history, we've knocked off almost 25% of it. So it's a much different approach. Uh, to where we're doing it right. We have the number one rated economy in the country. We've cut taxes. We've expanded school choice. And we've delivered in a way that has uh, made the state sustainable. Uh, I am not somebody 
who the D.C. establishment wants to see up there. There's no question about that because they know that a lot of things will be changing if I'm there. And look, I would just also point out that um, we in Florida have a right to expect uh, that they get some stuff done for us like they said they would when they campaigned because Florida was instrumental in them even having the majority to begin with. This was supposed to be a big red wave in 2022. You had probably the most favorable conditions that Republicans have had in a midterm election since 1946. People were expecting a massive tsunami because inflation was terrible, the Biden's unpopular, all the problems that we've seen. Nobody's happy with the direction of the country. And that's tailor-made for the opposition party to be able to sweep into Washington, D.C. Instead, the only way, the reason they even got the majority is because the governor candidate in New York overperformed and because we delivered a red tsunami in Florida that gave them an extra four seats. That's the story of the midterm. If you take that out, the Democrats would have held on to the House of Representatives. So Florida did its part. We showed how you can win. Uh, and we want to see some results um, as a result of that. Uh, but I'm not somebody uh, who's ever going to be the favored, uh, favorite uh, of the D.C. establishment. You know what? I wear that as a badge of honor. So now he's, he's really differentiating himself, differentiating himself from Trump and going Against the Trump more, more directly, which is, I guess, what a lot of people like myself wanted. But, you know, it's, I think it's all planned. You know what I'm saying? It, it's all planned that uh, he was going to build up this, right, uh, crit criticism of, of, of Donald Trump, right? It's a, it's a stealth kind of attack, right? It's the marathon, not the sprint. So, um, oh, here's a good one. This is a good one. And after this, I want to talk about I'll, I'll talk about, uh, I guess, Bobert a little bit about the, the groping incident with her boyfriend and more hypocrisy from the left on, on that situation also. And also their, their blatant lies in trying to associate, to, 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 to associate that with her, her beliefs on, uh, drag queens and, uh, and trans, and, and, and trans issues. But here's, here's DeSantis absolutely taking Trump to the woodshed. For his failed promise, remember what he said in 2016? We've talked many times, lock her up. I'm going to lock her up. I'm going to lock her up. Here's DeSantis talking about that. Trump also said in a recent interview that if he's back in the White House, he would have the Justice Department prosecute his political opponents. Isn't that the same accusation that he's making against the Biden White House? Well, look, I would note he ran in 2016 saying he was going to appoint a special prosecutor for Hillary's emails. You remember that? And a lot of us thought that that was appropriate because they didn't really do a very thorough investigation of her. Two weeks after he got elected, he said, ah, forget it. That's what you say before the election. It's not what you say after the election. So he didn't follow through on that promise. And it's not about going after your opponents. What we need to do is just have a single standard of justice in this country. So as president, would you pledge to treat the Justice Department as an independent agency when it comes to criminal investigations that you would not get involved? It's not it's not independent from accountability. Sure. So I am not going to say to the Justice Department, you know, that Howie Kurtz guy, go, go find. No, that's not appropriate. But if they are not pursuing like BLM rioters. Uh, I have every right to bring the attorney general in and say, you need to you need to you need to get on this stuff. This is serious stuff. If you have the FBI that's, uh, you know, pursuing uh, parents at school board meetings, you have every right to say, fire those agents who did that. So we're going to hold them accountable. 
we're not going to use it, you know, to, to, to go after people for, for no reason, but we are going to set the priorities that they're going to do. And for my priorities, it's not going to be ticky-tack political stuff. It's going to be the things that really matter to keep this country safe. It's a perfect answer. It really is. And it differentiates between using it as just going after just being a, 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 a belligerent slob and just wanting to take out anyone who disagrees with you or makes fun of you or criticizes you politically and real issues, like you said. So once again, it's just it's, it's amazing to me that not enough people can see that can, how, how clearly he's a much better candidate than than Donald Trump is. Just it, it's just there's no. There's simply no comparison. There's simply no comparison between the two people. Any level, politically, IQ-wise, knowledge of the issues, uh, uh, consistency, honesty, integrity, all of that stuff. Sounds like a, uh, a, plat- a political platform, right? Consistency, honesty, integrity. Well, it's true about Ron, Ron DeSantis. Um, I'm saying there's maybe one more clip of DeSantis I wanted to play. Then I'll talk about Bobert a little bit here. Um, I think, well, let me see. As I'm looking at this, I'll talk about Bobert, who I find these to be non-issues. Now, the left, of course, is making, I just pulled up in, uh, an Advocate article about the Lauren Bobert thing, where she was at some kind of a, a theater show, and her boyfriend was sitting next to her, and there was some very, very grainy video footage. I don't know why the camera seemed to be right above them. Kind of odd, isn't it? How well placed that camera was. And and uh, some grainy black and white footage of her, like, kind of like groping him a little bit, rubbing him, you know, where. And of course, the left media has gone uh, crazy. The liberal media has gone insane over this because they falsely equate that with her being against drag queens and transgender stuff. In other words, mutilating children, uh, pushing the stuff on children, pushing drag queens on children. There's a difference. The left doesn't want to admit this, or they're just being disingenuous because they're scumbags. But there's a difference between two adults doing a little thing there, two adults having a little bit of fun, and pushing sexualization on children. What, what Boba did was not push sexualization on children. Now, the left-wing media is doing it by showing it on TV where kids can see this kind of thing and hear about it. But Lauren Boebert is too adult. Her boyfriend's an adult. A little bit of groping. Who cares? I don't care. Who cares? If that camera wasn't on them, no one would have even known they did it. Like she started fucking giving them a blowjob in the theater. That happens all the time. It happens with teenagers, right? They go in the back of the movie theater, they kiss, they neck a little bit, they grope a little bit. So two teenagers do it, two adults do it. It's a lot different than pushing drag queen shows on children, sexualizing children, wanting to destroy the innocence of children, pushing transgender stuff on children, mutilating children, mutilating. Let's see. Maybe the left doesn't get it. There's a real difference between mutilating children and two adults groping for three seconds. Okay. There's a difference. If you don't get it, you're a fucking idiot. I'm so tired of this shit. I'm tired of this low IQ, low brow garbage that cultists believe, whether you're a Trump cultist and you believe his shit, or if you're a left-wing cultist and you believe the gay bullshit. I'm tired of cults who can't think for themselves and think straight. I don't mean that in a sexual orientation way either. 
So I don't care about Lauren Boebert groping. I don't think she has to resign because she groped her boyfriend. Are you fucking crazy? I know about 3,000 others who should resign first than Lauren Boebert, even though I don't always agree with her. I believe she's a Trumper. I don't agree with that. But this is a non-issue. This is a non-issue. So let me get this right. The left thought Bill Clinton... Fucking a intern in the Oval Office when he's married with a cigar is a non-issue. But Lauren Boebert groping her boyfriend for a few seconds in a theater is an issue that she should have to resign for. Is that what the left is trying to say? How do they? How do they? How do they deal with that little hypocrisy? How do they deal with that little hypocrisy? They don't, because it's never pushed on them. The left media is on their side. They're not going to question this. They're not going to say, wait a minute, you thought Bill Clinton was okay. It was no big deal. It was no big deal. It's between him and his wife. But this, she should have to resign for? You equate this with sexual sexualization and mutilation of children? Are you fucking crazy? I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. And that's what I think about the Boebert issue. It's a non-issue the left has to make an issue of because they don't want you talking about real things. They don't want you talking about real things. They don't want, they don't want you to think about how for the last four years they've destroyed society. That, they, they don't want you to talk about that. The last four years they've destroyed the whole fucking country. You know what? Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Loam Barbert touching her boyfriend's cock for two seconds. That's the story. That's what's important. Well, I'm trying to find these DeSantis clips. Maybe I'll just save them for tomorrow. I believe I have DeSantis somewhere talking about um, Trump's new views, new views, new views of old, new views that were really old views on abortion and uh, trans issues. But... Uh, I don't think I have it right now. I don't think I have it right now. But once again, this is not, <laughs> I want to make this clear. I want to make this clear. Trump is simply a phony. There's nothing real about him. There's nothing real about anything he says. There's nothing sustainable about anything he says. It's simply... He says whatever he has to at that moment to get what he wants. You know who does that? Crooks, criminals. That's who does that. Hey, Bill. All right. All right, Bill. What's going on, Bill? How you doing? Way to go, Mike. Go get him. <laughs> oh, God, I tell you, I'm breaking a sweat here, just screaming for an hour. But this is just like, I, I just, I, we live in a real clown car, man. It's a clown yeah, we car. Do. We do. I know you make a lot of sense in the sense that um, it's the media that took a failed businessman, a crook, a child sex trafficker, an embezzler, an influence peddler, money launderer, and made him into the apprentice. You know what I mean? Six bankruptcies. I mean, you can't make this up. They built him up to be something. They packaged him. And the the news media loved it because they got lots of clicks. You know what I'm saying? When he was running for office. And of course, it's all, it's all, um, like you say, a made up persona. 
um, that is completely inconsistent. There's, you listen to the Megan Kelly interview. He claims he saved what 50, 100 million lives with the vaccine. Well, he changed, it used to be, it, you know, it went from two, depending on when you hear him interviewed, it went from two right. million. It's between two million and a hundred million. Yeah. Ninety-eight million different. He used to say two million. Now he says a hundred million. Yeah. And in fact, the vaccine is deadly. It doesn't save anybody's life. Simply a healthy diet, and uh, if need be, supplementation with everything that's in the NIH library, from vitamins to minerals yeah. to. Um, Herbs to amino yeah, acids. You know. a fucking vaccine. The the fucking thing got weaker, just like these things always get weaker over right. time. As Daniel has spoken about for the last two mm -hmm. years on this show, these things, when they come around, seem to last 18 to 24 months. Then they weaken naturally. It's called nature. It's called natural immunity. It's called mm -hmm. everyone getting it. That's why fewer people died. Because our systems have gotten used to it. it has nothing to do with his shit vaccine. That's exactly right. Exactly right. In fact, you know, there's lots of statistics that prove the vaccine was very deadly and a bioweapon. Um, oh, and frankly, horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Bill, you and I know. Yeah. You and I know. As far as the COVID itself goes, far fewer people died than they said did of it. Mm -hmm. And the exact same amount of people who actually may have died of it would have died if there was never a vaccine, period. Right. Well, you also have the actual flu um, death disappeared statistics. And so overall, there was not any substantial increase in the death rate um, from year over year, from flu to flu to COVID. It's just a variant, another virus. But I wanted to point out the European Union speech of Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. David Martin I put in the live chat, Mike, very powerful. And um, maybe sometime this week, if you have a chance, you might want to play some excerpts from both of them. Uh, okay. Because, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, rather than me expound on what they were saying, it would be best to hear from them, I think. It's very powerful, very powerful. So that was just this recent, recently, within the last several weeks, they testified, both of them. And, wow, speaks Dr. I mean, they both hit it out of the park right from the very beginning, both of them, from the fourth month of, of 2020. They've been hitting out of the park, nailing this and, and trying to get uh, Fauci and code to repurpose drugs, of course, and uh, use uh, corticosteroids and antihistamines uh, and save lives. And, uh, and Dr. David Martin goes right to the patents that led up to this. And you'll be shocked when you hear it, Mike. It's, he, he lays it out. He said the World Health Organization, European Union, um, crimes against humanity from its inception. You know, we said we have to get out of it. We have to get out of World Health Organization uh, with the treaties they've, they're pushing. And, um, but I don't, I, I don't speak as compre comprehensively as he's done and, uh, and as powerful. So, Anyway, so I thought I'd refer you to that. And there was um, a mass toxicity study that came out of Germany that talked about, um, it's in the live chat, um, the dangers of CO2 rebreathing, neuron death, and learning impairment in children, stillbirths, birth defects, pregnant women, testicular toxicity. Dr. William Mark outlines just how few minutes of mass wearing every day 
can have the following long-term consequences. So it's a combination of things that is just uh, like a genocide. The idea that that any policy could be somehow turned over to those people who initiated it, uh, bought out, of course, by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you know, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Wellness Trust, uh, um, Gavi, the Global Alliance Vaccine Immunization. Um, but just be more crimes against humanity. So I, I know you and I uh, believe in, in this and DeSantis does and Joseph Latipo. And it's just shocking that, um, others don't. But the, the good news is we have, uh, RFK Jr. exposing how corrupt the DNC is. And I suspect he's staying in it for that purpose to expose the corruption so that at some point, uh, they'll, you know, shove him out as they did with Bernie. And then he'll be right for DeSantis to pick up, uh, you know, once DeSantis gets elected, uh, to be assigned on his cabinet. I think that's why he's staying with the DNC. He has knows he can't win in Democratic Party, RFK Jr. But I think of staying with it, I've asked myself, why didn't he go independent? I don't think he believes he can win independent. But if he stays in the DNC, he can keep exposing the corruption. Do you, you see what I mean? What do you I think? Yes, I, I guess. But I... I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of this getting in it just to do the no, getting in it not to win. Right. We, we heard this from Bernie both times. Right. Well, he didn't really get into win. He got into expose them. What did that do? What did he expose? What, 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 what did it accomplish? He went right back to being in their party. Right. And voting with them and, and you know, voting for everything Biden wants. So I don't understand. He voted for everything Hillary. It doesn't look. It's all bullshit. You get in to win or you don't get in. I don't believe in this stuff where you just get in to, like, uh, make a statement, whatever that means. So if he really wants to do these things he believes need to be done to make this country better, you got to win, right? Right. But, uh, well, we'll see. Maybe he'll jump independent and then DeSantis will pick him up. DeSantis is the strongest card to actually win. I think, and Wait, uh, you run in the Democrat. No, I, I don't blame him. You run in the Democratic primary mm-hmm. until the primary is over, and then you run as an independent. That's right. what he should do. He shouldn't run as independent now. He should right. run as a Democrat now to get as much exposure he can throughout the primary. Mm-hmm. Then we know they've rigged the primary, so Biden will be the nominee. Then he should run as an independent in the general election. That's what he should right. do. But that's what Bernie Sanders should have done and never did. Right. So I'm not confident that RFK Jr. will do that. My, my my feeling is once that once the once the voting is over, and Biden has the delegates, he'll just drop out and support Biden. That would be disappointing if he does. Well, let's put it this way: it would be particularly disappointing if Ron DeSantis is the nominee for the Republicans. I can maybe understand it if Trump is the nominee, but if if Ron DeSantis is the nominee and and RFK supports Biden. Then I'm done with RFK, right? Yeah, you have, he believes in so many things that RFK, but, but right? He, I mean, you have DeSantis saying he put him in his cabinet, right? right, right they right. agree on big pharma. They agree on the war. They agree uh-huh. on so many things that uh, let's put it this way: RFK Jr. I think he's more in line with Ron DeSantis politically than Joe Biden. Oh, absolutely! That, right? <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, there's no doubt about it. So just 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 supporting a guy because you're a Democrat just shows you're basically a cultist. I, I, I can't deal with that again. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see what he does. Um, another good thing that happened in California, there was a bill written, um, Assembly Bill 2098, AB2098, was quietly put to rest. That was the California misinformation bill for doctors. Well, I think Newsom all of a sudden said he wouldn't sign it, right? He's just kind of letting it go, right? Right, and another bill was passed, Senate Bill 815, which included a clause that repealed AB 2098, uh, reforms how the Medical Board of California must address patient complaints. So I, it, I guess it's a little more than just him not doing anything. It looks like. Anyway, the article's in the uh, chat. It was a Children's Health Defense Fund article. Yeah, I don't know if you want to review that. Well, you know, Newsom is not unlike Trump in that way. He sees political winds blowing a different way. So right. he, like he's coming out with this fake mea culpa saying, oh, I would do it differently now. And it's all bullshit, right? Mm. Is it, once again, this, this, this Newsom and, and Trump are very much alike. They say mm. whatever they have to say to get where they need to be at that moment, to win at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, <laughs> I don't think, someone put this on Twitter a couple of days ago, and it makes perfect sense. They said, I think people in this country are so used to these slimy politicians like Newsom and Trump, they don't know how to even deal with someone like DeSantis. They don't get it. They don't seem to be able to understand that there is, there are p politicians out there like Ron DeSantis who are like real and honest and and uh, upfront and don't change depending on which way the wind blows or which way mm -hmm. the, which the poll says to go. it's like people in this country don't know what to do with someone like that they just don't so they have to basically say oh it, it can't be real you know and that's i think there's a lot of to be said about that that we're just yeah. so used to these slimy scumbags like cuomo and newsom and and, and DeSantis. i'm sorry and, and trump that and biden that they just don't know what to do with Ron DeSantis. Well, I, it's a breath, breath of fresh air. So let's, can we talk a little bit about the Megyn Kelly interview? What, yeah, yeah. I was disappointed. I, I thought she was too soft on him. She you know, was she too was, soft yeah. on him. She was, yeah. way, but people are so used to like journalists doing nothing. <laughs> right, right. That she pushed back a little, you know, was like amazing to people, right? Yeah. Um, but it, he, is such a phony. I don't think I, I yeah, I like it. I, if I were doing the interview, obviously, I'd be a lot harder. I'd bring right. up his, his hypocrisy. But I, just look at what he says. It, it just right. it's totally different than what he said when he ran in 2016. He's not the same person that ran in 2016, because he's not running against Hillary Clinton. Now he's running against Ron DeSantis, right? So he has to be a different way. He has to he has to change his opinions. He has to become more left more of a Democrat. But it's just people don't understand that the real Donald Trump, whatever that may be, and because he lies for lies so much, it's hard to figure that out. Like I said, I don't think he really is anything. He's just a creation, right? He's a he's a uh, a reality show star. He's a WWE star, right? That's basically what he is. So there's no there there with him. But people don't understand. Most see most of the Trump cult, obviously, are not New Yorkers because New Yorkers can't stand him. Right. Make them vomit. So most of the Trump cult comes from the South, Middle America, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know the Trump that I knew, that you right. knew, that people in New York know. They don't understand that this guy was a, a Democrat, a mm hundred -hmm. percent liberal, pro-choice Democrat. Okay, that's what he was. That's it. So 
if that's if there's ever a real if someone wants to say what's the real Donald Trump, I say look at what he said before he got involved in in politics. Look at what he said through the seventies and eighties and nineties. And he was a liberal, pro-choice New Yorker Democrat. That's what he is. Okay, but he knew in twenty fifteen that if he was going to run as a Republican against Hillary Clinton, he couldn't be that, right? He couldn't be that liberal, <laughs> pro-choice New York. It wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. And if he was to be himself, he'd have to run as a Democrat, and there's no way Democrats were going to choose him over their beloved Hillary. So he had to run as a Republican, right? And so he took those views. And now he's got to be the anti-DeSantis, right? DeSantis is a true conservative Republican. Trump can't be that. He's got to be something different. So, you know, DeSantis is for the heartbeat law. He's against it. DeSantis is for the six-week abortion. He's against it. DeSantis believes in two genders. Trump's not so sure. Of course, all the stuff DeSantis believes in is what Trump said he believed in in 2016 when he ran against Hillary. Look, the guy is a phony. The guy is a total slimeball fraud. And anyone who still sticks with him now, uh, all I can say is they deserve the worst. They really do. They deserve what he'll do to them if he wins again. And it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a true shame that he was able to hoodwink people in 2015. But he knew who he could hoodwink, and it was the right. You know, it was a lot of Republicans, it was a lot of conservatives who just wanted someone who was going to go after Hillary, right? And destroy Hillary and be the anti-Hillary. And like Ron DeSantis said, for his entire campaign, part of the reason why they loved him so much is because he said, lock her up, lock her up. I'm going to put you in jail. He said it to her face in the debate three weeks before he was elected. And two weeks after he won, he said, nah, that's the kind of stuff you say. That's the kind of stuff. What he said was, that's the kind of stuff you say during a campaign, meaning that's the kind of stuff I had to say to fool you fucking idiots to vote for me. <laughs> and instead of right. people saying, oh, fuck you, you fooled us. They stick with him. Yeah, well, it's there's something, uh, wrong with, there's something wrong with these people. There's something wrong with them. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Obviously, yeah. we don't see it I ran for office and I said, Bill, you know what I'm going to do? I am definitely going to be dismantling the FBI. You're right, FBI, CIA, got to get rid of them, the NIH. And then I win. And two weeks after, you vote for me. You go, Mike, that's great. I'm voting for you. And two weeks after, I say, no, it's it's all staying the same. Bill, I said that to get your vote. Are you still going to like me? Are you going to vote for me again? I mean, that's basically what he did. I know. I know. <laughs> that's what he did. He said to them, I said this just to hoodwink you into voting for a fucking moron like myself over Hillary. And they said, oh, okay, well, we'll vote for you again. I can't, you know, look, as much as I despise the left, I think I despise the Trump cult even more. Yeah, well, I I, I want to mention a little more. Megan, remember when she hosted the, one of the debates, she was more forthright. Uh, during that uh, debate and oh, confrontation, yeah, absolutely. more forthright. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. I was very disappointed in uh, in what she how she handled herself. I mean, she I don't know what she was afraid of because she's on her own now. It's not like she had a fox she had to worry about, um, you know, in the management. But um, yeah. yeah, so that was that was that was very disappointing. But and plus, she mentioned that she's vaccine injured now. 
don't know yeah. if you heard about that, that yeah. she went to her doctor and right. she's got some type of um, rheumatoid yeah. issue. She wasn't specific, mm-hmm. but she said something from the vaccine and her doctor confirmed. You would think someone who was vaccine injured would be put their foot down and call them out. But um, so, yeah, I don't know what happened to her. I, I really don't know. She's she's not what she was 10 years ago. And uh, no. yeah. No. No, no, no. So, so whatever. Um, gotta let that go. She's playing to an audience, maybe. Maybe she's got some cult followers of Trump. Well, I'm I, sure I, I don't know. know. I'm sure she wants Trump's viewer. I mean, she wants her his cult, you know, to watch yeah. the big portion of her viewership. So mm. she also is trying to, you know, she's trying to play to both sides, right? She's right. trying to play to the Trump people, the DeSantis people. Mm-hmm. She's trying to play it both ways, you know, when mm-hmm. well, here's here's the clue. When you're a journalist and you're interviewing someone and they are lying to your face. Right. They're basically saying you're an idiot. Right. Over on you. How do you take that as a true journalist? Yeah. How do you take that? You know? I didn't take it from judges. I used to call yeah, judges out. Exactly. I'd say, judge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In life, if someone's saying, look, I, you're an idiot and I can get over on you right now, and you let them do it? Uh, it's just shocking. It really is. No, no. I mean, in, in the court moods, judge, I motion to re-argue, reconsider. If he does it again, same old fraud. Then this is judge, I motion you recuse yourself, fraud on the court. You're, you're obviously not running this hearing according to the law rule book and my rights to due process. You know, you got to call them out, you know, direct uh, in the forum and, you know, the way it's done. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, you son of a bitch, you're a freaking crook. No, even though that's what he was or what I'm trying to say, but I'm doing it in the words that you get. But it doesn't matter because... It's the same way in the courtroom. It's just a well, this is just rundown. This is what Trump. This is the last week of Donald yeah. Trump. This is the remember this week in baseball. This week in Trump. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Bashed six week pro life protections as a terrible mistake. God, hesitated. Be kidding me. Hesitated. Uh, and hem hawed on can a man be a woman? Become a woman? Uh, doesn't a man can be a woman? You could pretend to be a woman. That's called play acting. That's fine. But a man we know can't become a woman. Doesn't remember who gave Fauci the presidential commendation when he was president. Said he didn't fire Fauci because he was very respected. Wants more credit for COVID lockdowns and the vaccine. Made excuses for not ending birthright citizenship. Said COVID handling was perfect. Claimed he behaved so well on January 6th. Admitted it was his decision to challenge the 2020 election results. Said liberal Jews voted to destroy America. Confused Obama with Hillary. Um, then confused Biden with Obama, then in the same speech said Biden would lead us into World War II. <laughs> and of course, as Dave Rubin said, crickets heard all through Magadonia. Nothing, 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 no, no, no response whatsoever. Look, it's, it's quite simple. These people are psychologically, emotionally attracted to this man, period. There's a, uh, once again, there's an insecurity, it's a flaw in them as humans. They psychologically need him. They emotionally need him because their lives are very empty otherwise. And that's a very sad thing. And it would be sad if it were 10 people, 100 people, but that it's, who knows, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. <sighs> and they live amongst us, Bill. They live amongst us. Bill, you there?
Bill? Bill, I think you dropped out. Oh, you did. You did drop. No, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're back. Are you back in the queue, Bill? You back with us? Yeah, I am. I don't know what happened. I was getting into okay, bed. Okay. And my hand must have touched the screen or something. Well, there is, so, and they li- they live amongst us. They live amongst. I know. Us. So what are you what are you gonna do? I it's it's, it's a giant insane insane asylum, Mike. That's all I can say. Planet Earth. <laughs> you remember, you're a movie buff. Do you remember the movie Defending Your Life with Rip Torn? Uh, Albert Brooks. That's one of my favorite Albert Brooks movies. Yeah, isn't it? Oh. Oh my God! I just Rip Torn was so good in that movie. <laughs> he was so good, you know. I, I love that, uh, you know, that he was so optimistic, knowing that this guy <laughs> was going to be destroyed. But he was always putting a positive face on everything, yeah. which was great. But that whole idea is brilliant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Having to go through a process where you video, where, where they show clips from your life, yeah. and you have to answer to it. I mean that. It, it, it's it's brilliant writing by Albert Brooks, and of course he was great in that. You know, uh, I'm reminded of the, of the scene. Uh, Earth is for little brains. Remember, yes, yes, Earth is for little brains. <laughs> <laughs> also, Rip Torn's voice is great in that. Yeah, yeah. you are, you won't understand it. You won't. <laughs> right, right, right. And then he says, "Come on, I'll understand it." Then he says, and he goes, "You're right, I don't understand." Right. You know, my favorite scene in that movie was remember when he goes into the restaurant and the chef wants to give him like eighty pies. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I, I don't, I don't need any more pies. <laughs> Come on, take the pies. Or that idea where um, in the afterlife you could eat as much as you want. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait, you know, it's just I, I love that movie. I think it's underrated. I oh, I agree. Brilliant. What, yeah. Whatever happened to Albert Brooks? I, I, he came around. He was actually on Curb Your Enthusiasm for quite a few seasons. Um, oh. he, he was on Curb Your Enthusiasm for quite a few seasons. Yeah, very funny. Very funny. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think it's maybe two seasons ago, where <laughs> Albert Brooks is, uh, <laughs> he decides he wants to have a, a fake funeral because he says, you know, in the brilliance of Larry David is like, why you have your funeral and you're dead and you can't see what your friends are saying about you. He has has a funeral where he watches like from his bedroom on closed circuit television. Give all these, you know, these speeches about about what a great guy. And at one point, Larry David like opens up like a closet in Albert Brooks's uh, hallway. And it's like, Oh, it's like 8,000 tons of hand sanitizer, masks, gloves. <laughs> and and, uh, and, uh, and Albert, uh, uh, Larry David says, he's a, he's, a, he's a COVID hoarder. He's a COVID hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. You know, uh, so that, that's, yeah, he was, I don't think he's directing films anymore, uh, but he's uh, definitely still around. We well, you know his brother died. Dave oh, well, you know, remember Super Dave Osborne? He was on Kirby Enthusiasm. I've never, I haven't had a TV in a long time. I, I'm not oh, okay. familiar with the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Albert, in fact, actually, his, his uh, yeah, uh, Einstein is his real name. You know, his real name is Albert Einstein. That's oh, his, come on, that's it. Yeah, that's his real name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have yeah, to search brother, YouTube clips. Yeah, his brother was on Kirby Enthusiasm for like the first six or seven years, and he died. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, is Rip Torn still around? No, I think Rip Torn's huh. gone. Yeah, Rip Torn's gone. 
I would um, think so. But uh, yeah, no, the, defending your life is truly one of my favorite films. I, mm-hmm. Actually, most of Albert Brooks stuff is pretty good, pretty brilliant mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> I just had a memory. Do you remember when he's driving in the car and he's playing? Barbara Streisand really like pulls up along some guy and the guy says hey do we have to all have to listen to that shit (laughs) 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 well and I I just love the way he plays against um, uh, what's her name I'm losing my mind Meryl Streep Streep, she's like perfect right I know I know (laughs) perfect she saved kids from burning buildings right 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 (laughs) And he's like this regular schlub. It's, right. it's just very funny. Good it was. Show. It was yeah. very good. Yeah. Well, let's end on that on a high note. laughter. We'll talk more tomorrow. Very right. good. Thanks, Bill. I Thank appreciate you, it. As always. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I think that's a good note to end on. You should all go see. Go stream Defending Your Life if you've never seen it because it's a really great comedy. You know, I think Brooks is just one of the most underrated comedic writers, actors, and directors around. So defending your life. All right. Uh, I think that's it. We'll have more clips tomorrow. I'll talk about more stuff tomorrow. Um, The name of the show you have been listening to is And Let's Be Heard. And it airs 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. And I'll be right back here tomorrow night. Uh, But until then, this is Mike Achopoli reminding you that your Influence counts. Use it.